This is Skipper Albert Awall, the voice of the jungle, broadcasting on the 3BC to all points unknown. If you're within the sound of my voice, you are listening to Awall Airwaves on the 3BC. And now, here's today's river tip from Skipper Bill of the Congo Connie. Bill says if you're going to listen to Three Sheets, make sure you grab a drink, flash some skin, and keep the kids away from the hippo. Thanks, Bill. And finally, passengers requesting that Cheetahs tone down the debauchery should be referred directly to the booking office, where they will receive immediate medical treatment. But you'll be rewarded When at last I am given my dues And injustice deliciously squared Be Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 66 of Three Sheets to the Mouse. We're five average guys with a love for all things Disney, and joining me on this week's show are three guys who still haven't gotten their Jeep to turn over. Tim. Hola. Mikey. Kungaloosh. And Adam. Shrunken heads, anyone? (laughs) We're here to talk to you about Disney parks, Disney booze, and a little bit of debauchery in between, so sit back, relax, Grab a mosquito mojito and enjoy the adult side of Disney with three sheets to the mouse. So tonight, uh, tonight our show is all about the Jungle Cruise. We're, tra- we're paying tribute to one of the classic attractions around the world, not just in Walt Disney World, but in every single Disney park, it seems like. This is, I said, in just about. Okay, I was going to say, park, I think there's, only, there's one that it's, that it's vacant from. Carry on. This is true. Uh... The, the the Jungle Cruise is one of Disney's classic attractions that it, that has sort of been um, immortalized in not just the or the park but also pop culture. Uh, I think uh, Weird Al when Weird Al uh, writes a song about you, you've you've made it. I swear to God, I thought I've heard all of his music. I do not know a Jungle Cruise song. I do not know a Jungle Cruise song either. Skipper Dan. Go check it out, Skipper Dan. It's a fun song. Fuck, I want to go check it out right now. Yeah, I'm kind of tired <laughs> of like, ah. because you know, damn I won't it. remember. Oh. That's my problem. Hold on, let's see. Let's see if well, we can get we this don't real win. quick. I'm a tour guide on the Jungle Cruise ride. Skipper Dan is the name, and I'm doing 34 shows every day. Every time it's the same. Yeah, it's a great song. I I'm love doing it. 24 shows a day, and every one is the same. <laughs> Son of a bitch! Oh my gosh! It, it's he, such. It's you know what? I might, I might, I might drop it in the show, anyways. It's such a fun song. It makes it makes nods to the classic, the classic jokes that everyone talks about. Um, and we'll get into some of it as we get through. But uh, how recent uh, tonight, is it? Just. Uh, 2012, 11? Okay. I think that it's might, 11, that but I was might be why I haven't heard now. it. Sounds old. Yeah, it's pretty recent. You know what? I want to say it was on the Chinese Democracy or whatever that was. 
Uh, Apocalypse. No, it was on Apocalypse. Never mind. Um, so go get so, it on iTunes, everybody. Yeah, go get it on iTunes. Um, it, it, you know what? So I wanted to, I wanted to pay nod tonight with my drink because it's in uh, my drink is currently in a uh, shrunken Ned uh, glass, which is uh, the Jungle Witch Doctor. And tonight I'm having a drink that I I can't remember how long it's been since I had one of these, but it is uh, it is a favorite of Colonel Critchlow's Such Bench over at the Adventurers Club, a gin and tonic for me. No gin and tonic, anyone? I drink them. What gin? That's the that's the question. Uh, I've uh, aviation gin actually. I don't know that well. It's pretty good. I've, you know what? There were several of those bought by the ladies last night at the uh, hotel I was staying at. So, it must be a good drink. It. You know what? I I honestly haven't had it in a long time because I don't really like the taste of tonic. But maybe I'm just getting older and I kind of like it. It's super refreshing. So, Adam, what are you drinking tonight? Tonight, I have the Vidal Blanc, and that's from Franklin Hill Villiards. It's a semi-dry white wine. It's pretty decent. Nice. It's one of my favorite whites by them. Tim, what do you got tonight? Oh, my drink is, too, also inspired by the Jungle Cruise, and I'm drinking the backside of water. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of overdid it yesterday for Cinco de Mayo, so I'm just taking it easy tonight with some agua. (laughs) Wait, hey, turn it, turn it a little bit, like ninety degrees to the left. I want to see the right side of water. Oh, that looks really good. What about what about the front? Let me see the front. It was the front. Oh, yeah, the front. But looks you can bad. actually look at the bottom of water in that. Yep. That's really oh. interesting. Well, so actually, though, if water. you tilt it over, isn't that technically the top of water? Or is it tilted water? I don't know. Why is right side up the exact same as upside down? Wait, right side up is normal. Is it? Ups- yeah, right side up would be mean it's the right way up, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. if you have the right side facing up. Then it would be lying down. Side I side guess would, that's yeah, right. You know, either way, right side up doesn't mean what we think it means. <laughs> Downside Mikey, up and upside down, that's what means the exact same. Mikey, speaking of uh, uh, strange things, what are you drinking tonight? I've got a... Uh, Double Scatterbrain, brewed by the uh, Bearded Iris Brewing Company out of Nashville, Tennessee. Mm. It's a double IPA with uh, passion fruit, citrus, and pine. Because, like, it's an IPA, you had to fucking add more air freshener to it. Why would you add pine? <laughs> yeah, that's a little weird. I, I'm, just, I, I mean, I'm, just, I'm just reading the label, man. It's not too bad. It's in a tall, tall boy can. Maybe, maybe what they mean is the pine comes from the Chinook hops. Um, it says pine, chinook- passion fruit, and citrus. You know what I taste in it? Hops. Nope. I taste pine. <laughs> that, that's. I think that's the hops. Well, no. Well, hops has a very like pine has a very hops. distinct, not flavor but smell. <laughs> I can say flavor because I, I this you know tangent. I once made my own cover spray for deer hunting, and it was uh, I would bottle it. It does not taste good, but you basically boil <laughs> pine needles and acorns and other uh, awful, awful for, from, and, and it just, uh, you know, it, it, this, you know, what I should have done is I should have bottled it and canned it, and I uh, could have made, uh, you know, $13 a four-pack out of it. 
Seriously. Made some hipsters happy. There you oh. go. Nothing, not, you know what? Nothing's better in this day and age than a happy hipster. Huh? Is, is, is that <laughs> even possible? Uh, well, you know, I've, you know what? I've never seen an unhappy hipster with a glitter beard. This is true. Or now, what is it? Putting lay flowers in their beard? Is that the thing now? Yeah. Clip in flowers? I saw that I, this know. morning. This is, this is why I don't... I would never... I would never do a beard. I, I just, why? Because that, you that's the reason why you wouldn't it? do it? No. It's, it's not in your genes, but it's because you'd be tempted to put flowers on it. Or sprinkles. I mean, I'm sorry. Or sparkles. Hey, I've had sprinkles I... in my beard, but that's just because I'm an aggressive donut eater. <laughs> so... <laughs> it's a flavor saver. It's right. Speaking of no beards, Adam, um... This week on Three Sheets to the Mouse Facebook page, we had a throwback Thursday. Oh. Let's talk oh. about baby faces. <laughs> that was six years ago, though. I thought I had a baby face. <laughs> My God, you take that beard away. That was six years ago. That was a long time six ago. Six years ago, I'm, I, I think I'm looking at like a 22-year-old Adam Blistein. I will take that. But yeah, that was six years ago, though, right? Yeah, that yeah, was six years ago. It was yeah. also a little heavier then, too. If I shave my beard, I look like I'm 12, too. That's why I don't shave it. <laughs> so, let's get into... It, it's time to go back to school. We're going to get our DHD at the Jungle So, Mikey, why don't you give us a start here? All right, I get to go firsties. I get there. Hang on. Okay. So, uh, Disneyland over in, uh, in California, it broke ground July 21st, 1954. It opened on July 17th of the following year. So that means Walt had less than one full calendar year to get the entire sumbitchin' thing built, including all the attractions and the groundbreaking technology that was supposed to go into those attractions. Let's, let's just stop right there and just... Gasp at amazement that that got done in one year, and it takes nine years to build Pandora. Okay, well, look, there's a little bit of difference there. Yeah, I a mean, bit more technology. I'm pretty sure he wasn't dealing with uh, unions well, well, and union labor and OSHA. Yeah, yeah OSHA. There's, there's a little bit <laughs> OSHA of a is a big there. thing. <laughs> well, he Rights could kill you back then, kind of situation. He was basically using contractors that had never been, you know, they were like, yeah, I'll take this job. And then they're like, wait, you want me to build what out of concrete? I thought I was building buildings. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, that's 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 kind of the literally the the groundwork for what what's going on there back in the 50s when um, the jungle cruises. It, it's not even, in, you know, it, it, it's just just coming around. So uh, you might think that, you know, the. Uh, Although the park didn't um, break ground until 54, the inspiration for the Jungle Cruise actually starts back in 1952 when Disney's film The African Lion began being produced. Uh, it was a movie that was released as part of Walt Disney's True Life Adventures, uh, a, a non-fiction narrative that Walt uh, was passionate and definitely behind as part of his educational side of, of uh, wanting you know, to, to educate uh, the, the masses. And um, the African lion actually showcased both the horror and the beauty of life on the African savanna. Um, and watching uh, the film, uh, Walt was absolutely fascinated with how gorgeous the, the scenic backdrops 
of Africa were, and he made that one of his personal ambitions to incorporate a jungle into Disneyland. And obviously this led to the creation of Adventureland that we see in Disney World, Disneyland. Um, and, but The Lions of Africa wasn't the only film that inspired the Jungle Cruise. There was an earlier movie in 1951 called The African Queen, and uh, it's actually still heralded right now um, as one of the American Film Institute's top 100 motion pictures of all time. So it was no, you know, it wasn't just a fluff piece. It's still, you know, critically acclaimed. It's a, it's a, it's an amazing movie. It really is. Bogart and Hepburn. Hepburn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not it. Audrey, not Audrey Hepburn. Catherine. Hepburn. Kathy. Uh, I'm on a first name basis, um, <laughs> as well as you should be. I should be, shouldn't I? <laughs> Um, and that film wasn't uh, not, was not only heavily favored as you know um, one of the early storylines for the attraction, but it also gave way to the style of the steamboats that we end up seeing used later on. Uh, um, Walt's actual you know his, his ideal dream, his vision for this attraction was he wanted to transport the guests to an entirely different world, a world of the jungles of Africa. He wanted people to experience a boat ride like nothing else that's out there. He wanted uh, to feature re a real boat skipper and actual living animals. And, you know, on an honest to God, you know, I mean, not an honest river, but he, he wanted it to be like, like a live, you know, uh, body of water. Um, he wanted it to, you know, your skipper would pilot your boat as it winds around the rivers through all these different turns. And the skipper would actually end up providing like an educational type of dialogue about the different animals you'd be seeing along your trip. Uh, kind of like that, you know, Richard Kiley guy from the Jurassic Park, you know, movie at the very beginning, you know, before shit hits the fan. Um, in addition to all these animals, Walt wanted it to look like a flipping jungle. He wanted you to feel like you were inside uh, a, 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 a different landscape than, you know, California. So he had to create a forest of exotic vegetation in less than a... So this attraction uh, had to basically feature exotic vegetation in less than a year. And to tackle this, Walt hires the, uh, he's known as the horticulturalist to the stars up in Hollywood, a guy named Bill Evans. And Bill, no stranger to Walt. Uh, Walt had actually uh, hired him to do the landscaping around his Holmby Hills uh, estate. And Walt was so impressed with what that looked like when it came down to, uh, we needed to have uh, an area in Adventureland and around Adventureland, you know, look like you are in a, a, a tropical setting. He called, uh, he called up Bill on it. And um, he's the perfect guy to actually talk to because Bill was a world traveler and had been to several different jungles, so he knew a thing or two about the foliage in a jungle. He also he knew that the foliage in a jungle is actually a little underwhelming uh, to most people because everybody is used to seeing Hollywood jungles, which are much more denser with plants and they're much brighter shades of green. So Bill decided to take a Hollywood approach to it, and he opted to use a wider variety of uh, plant life to kind of recreate a lush rainforest environment. He wanted to basically give the look that Walt imagined uh, because Walt made the claim at one time he wanted to have the best darn jungle this side of Costa Rica. And uh, to that end, Evans used uh, the actual population boom of Los Angeles as a resource and was able to harvest native palm trees that would have otherwise just been bulldozed down and discarded. He was able to get those and transport and then replant uh, 
around the uh, the attraction there of, of the Jungle Cruise. Um, so you've got uh, you've got you've got oh what's his name there? Who did I just talk about? Bill Evans. Yeah, you got Evans, and I I, I skipped over this earlier, so I've, I've already done fucked it up. The 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 main Imagineer was uh, was a guy named Goff. Harper Goff. Harper yes. Goff was the main Imagineer. How did I skip over that? I suck at this, Scott. Why do you hire me? <laughs> Jiminy Crickets. No, he had nothing yeah, Harper that. Goff was the guy who was in charge of uh, putting uh, all the engineering part together. And, uh, yeah. Well, there was a third person involved in this that goes under the radar when you think about most attractions. Um, you had Goff handling the engineering of it. You had Evans handling the plant life. But someone had to coordinate the construction and laborers and, you know, like... Adam was talking OSHA and, you know, people like that. And that man, uh, as a man, actually, his endeavors in Disneyland made it uh, likely, you know, why we have Disney World and Tokyo Disney and other major Disney theme parks that were built. He, his name, uh, he, he, got, he, he was called Admiral Can-Do, which it can-do, not like can-do, like he was, you know, from Africa. Um, his name was Joseph Fowler. Joe Fowler. I was. You said Admiral, and immediately I was like, Admiral Joe Fowler. Yeah, he's uh, he's kind of a big deal. Um, he's a retired Navy Admiral with a master's degree from MIT in naval architecture. He personally designed the USS Lexington and Saratoga. So, you know, when it comes to World War II department, most folks have heard of him. Except he also me. personally built the Mark Twain, the Lily Bell, and the... Or the Liberty Bell and the Columbia. Because naval architecture. And you know what? Shit, if Disney would have launched a cruise line back then, this guy would have built them too. Oh, hell yeah. He was, he was kind of a big deal. But because of, you know, he, he ran several shipbuilding uh, facilities, actually internationally, Disney just happens to know the guy as Disney just happens to know people and says, hey, I got this thing going on. It's, you know, I'm building a theme park. You want to come help out? So... Without his hand in all of this, a lot of the stuff you see at Disneyland probably wouldn't have made it done in 361 days. So, this guy, uh, I, I've read he's been called a savant. Uh, he's He is a Disney legend for a myriad of reasons. Now, it, it didn't all go off without a hitch. There were some hurdles. And for starters, Walt's Grand Vision, like I said earlier, involved having a live boat ride with a live skipper and live animals. And... That's too many working, moving parts. Specifically, uh, the animals. You know, uh, we've all been on the Kilimanjaro Safari at some Kilimanjaro Safari. God bless it. I need to drink a beer. I can't talk. That's better. We've all been on the Kilimanjaro Safaris, and you've not seen the critter that you're supposed to see when you get to the paddock. Okay, it's just like fucking Jurassic Park. The T-Rex, he ain't going to come out. So, even, even if you do put a goat out even there. If you do, well, no, he came out for the goat, but it was after uh, Samuel Jackson done rebooted the system. I mean, Nick Fury, sorry. Uh, so, you know, if the tiger is asleep or the gators won't surface on a boat ride like that, it's just basically you know, you're, you're taking a canoe ride through the lawn and garden apartment of your Home Depot. There's, there's not anything to see except flowers and plants. So Walt's like, you know what? Fine. You don't you don't think real animals work? Won't you build me animals? I want I want you to make me robots. Put me robot animals in there. 
And they were like, eh, robots and rivers don't work very well because water and electronics. And uh, this problem was quickly solved because they went back and uh, they watched the African Queen again and they talked to the production company that put that together and they realized that a lot of those shots you see, the water, the boat is actually hardly interacting with the water. And a lot of the uh, special effects they use, the camera angle is just so that you can't see electronics or puppeteers on the other side of it. So that's where they got the idea of, you know what, we don't have to have electronics in the water. We can hide stuff with vegetation and make sure the boat goes around a certain angle where you'll never, ever, ever see it. So that's how we got the 100% reliable animatronic animals of the Jungle Cruise. 100%. Wait, did you just say 100% reliable animals in Jungle Cruise? 100% reliable sense? animals on the Jungle Cruise. You know what it wasn't 100% reliable? The vegetation. For all the work that Bill Evans did to recreate this jungle atmosphere as quickly as possible, you just you can't rush time. So as an experienced horticulturist you know, that he was, he knew how to design something with the future in mind. So he was able to plant this and know that in over the course, you know, because plants are going to grow and they're going to flourish. So, you know, in two or three years, it's going to look great. But right now, not so much. And Walt says, no, 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 no. I want right now because I've poured every dime I have into this. So Bill conceded and said, OK, let's see what I can do. Um, he used a lot of the existing orange trees on the property and took some of them that were being bulldozed down and replanted them upside down with the roots on the top and the actual you know flowering portion underground and they will actually grow like that and they'll live like that and what you end up with is this this stalky trunk with these gnarly looking vines coming out the top of it that are the actual roots definitely lends itself in the landscape to looking somewhat like a uh, like, like, like jungle um, atmosphere. And uh, he actually, uh, he also ended up um, adding wood to existing trees, like adding branches from other trees, finding a way to scabbard them on there, and bulking out the trunks a little bit. All, he, he, all of this to, to kind of help with, you know, hiding the rest of the park while you're on the attraction. And also Marty Sklar's car. Because engineer... Imagineer Marty Sklar made the mistake of parking behind a building that he wasn't supposed to. For, so for like a couple of weeks, the Jungle Cruise boat would pass and you'd see his car right on the other side oh, of the tree. Awesome. <laughs> so I'm sure he caught hell for that. Uh, this was back before he was like a, you know, the, the Imagineering the, the god bi- the that big he became. Shot. Yeah. Yeah, the big shot. <clears throat> So, uh, this Jungle Cruise uh, attraction was one of Walt's personal passions. It was like anything he envisions. He, he wanted, you know, he felt it an affront to him personally when something didn't go right or someone says it couldn't be done. He was uh, rumored to be a very, very, very difficult man to work with during its construction, but also all of Disneyland, if you think about it. Yeah, because the guys, like I said, he sunk every dime into this, um... And he was told it would never work out. And he was actually only... He was told... The, the initial quote to build it was only $4 million for the whole park. It cost $16 million, uh, by the time it was done. And, uh, you know, if he hadn't been so particular, we probably wouldn't have the ride that we have now that's worth keeping, you know, keeping around. So, I think speaking of the ride, Scott, we going to talk about it? 
Yeah, uh, so let's get into a little bit about the uh, the Walt Disney World uh, ride. Built in 1971, um, this was an opening day attraction for Disney World. It was one of the one of the most uh, iconic rides, even back when this was already in Disney World. So they had to bring it to Disney. It was in Disneyland. They had to bring it to Disney World. They wanted to make sure it was included. Um, it's it's pretty much a very similar ride to that of Disneyland. The same construction methods, the same vegetation. They had to bring in some uh, sort of displaced vegetation because Florida being sort of tropical, it was a lot easier to grow some of these plants. A lot of bamboo, tons of bamboo because bamboo grows quickly and it hides things. Um, Adam, how much research did you do into the construction stuff? I didn't. It okay. wasn't my topic. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. I can uh, I have some... I mostly chose California stuff. That's the problem. That's okay. We can we can go into it. I have all the uh, names of the boats. <laughs> well, there you go. We'll, you know what? We'll get into that real quick. Um, so, uh, so in 1971, because of the uh, of the popularity of the Disneyland version, it was an obvious choice for inclusion into Walt Disney World's Adventureland. So Mark Davis, Imagineer Mark Davis, decided. He was going to be the one to take on the the project of bringing Disneyland's Jungle Cruise to Disney World. Um, Disney World's Jungle Cruise has a few more sight gags that we'll get into when we get in, into the actual ride. Uh, but Mark Davis created created a very different experience than than what was at uh, what was at Disneyland. It's it's definitely a unique feel to to the Jungle Cruise to Disney World's Jungle Cruise. Um, so construction began in the spring of 1969, and the attraction finally opened on October 1st, 1971, where it has been a staple since opening day. Almost 50 years, for almost 50 years, mm-hmm. it's been it, it it has been a legendary attraction at this point. Um, but most importantly, some of the things about construction, uh, and when we talk about all too often in in the Disney community, we talk about plussing. The Jungle Cruise was one of the very first attractions to be plussed throughout its history, being both Disneyland and Disney World. This was a ride that Walt was constantly tinkering with, changing a little bit. Um, Mike, I don't know if you saw this, but Disneyland's version was supposed to be a serious ride. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it, it by, by the ride you see today, yeah, it was it was definitely, and it started out being a serious ride. Like the original script, even though they lost the live animals, they still kept the whole educational side of it, and it still uh, pulled in huge crowds on a daily basis. Uh, but yeah, Walt heard a mom tell a kid, "No, we're not going to ride that because we did it last time," and he 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 got offended by that. So that's why. He brought Mark in to uh, make the changes, Scott. Yeah, and um, I, I would like everyone, if you can, take you know, take ten minutes, go uh, go over to uh, to YouTube and and you, uh, Google Jungle Cruise Thorough Ravenscroft. So back in back in 1955, Thorough Ravenscroft did this like LP narration of the Jungle Cruise, and it was supposed to be very very serious. The dragon blood trees of the area actually bleed red when cut. And the ever-fresh orchids need no salt. Everybody knows Thorough Ravenscroft when you hear the voice of Tony the Tiger, mm-hmm. uh, the Grim Grinning Ghost. Uh, he's in the Enchanted Tiki Room. Uh, 
Uh, I think he's Melvin the Moose in uh, Country Bears. I think so. The Moose talks? Uh, th yeah, the, the, yeah, he the does. three heads. Huh. The, there's three heads on the wall. Uh, a buffalo, a moose, and then a deer. And I want to say he's Melvin the Moose. I don't want to go on a tangent with this because that opens up a lot of questions for me. So no, it just does. keep moving, Scott. Keep talk moving. Anymore. Do what? Very, very briefly. They've got cut, they got cut a lot. They used to talk a lot more than they do now. They were kind of like MCs of the show. But mm -hmm. we'll get into that when we do the, the Country Bear Disney history. Uh, but if you if you go listen to this narration, it's it's a much more serious ride. It wasn't the fun and jokes. Um, I think they updated the jokes when they actually put in um, Trader Sam. Because that started yeah, which, back in 1957. So it didn't mm -hmm. stay serious for too, too nope. long. No, no. It's only a couple of years. But it, but again, it was it was Mark, who uh, Mark Davis, who rode through the Jungle Cruise with a stopwatch and timed every scene to see how long a guest member would be looking at it so he could figure out what type of lines he could start feeding to the uh, to the skipper. And he also made a, a lot of changes to to the scenes and the animatronics and stuff like that because eventually they started, you know, having some issues with the water and electronics and, and stuff like that. So he was trying to revamp all that so you wouldn't have so much exposed to all the elements. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to, you know, to this day, thanks to Mark, we have some of the iconic... Uh, scenes, the Indian Elephant Pool, the African Velt, the Lost Safari, all of these were not at the original Jungle Cruise. And yeah. I mean, according you know, to what the records that I have on this particular part, um, there was an update yearly from 1961 to 1964. Mm-hmm. It was, it, was, it was almost constantly under construction because Walt wanted to make sure nobody got bored with it. Uh, so some of the notes about the ride... Um, when you look down at the water, you see it's this brown, murky water. Now, I know probably everyone's like, well, that's obvious because, you know, it's, it's Florida. It's going to get murky. Now, actually, that water is filtered. It's crystal clear. They just dye it because, spoiler alert, people, the boat is on track. <gasps> the water's five feet deep, actually, from what it I... It is pretty deep. It is. Which, which is a deep. lot deeper than I thought. I knew it was on a track, but five feet's a lot deeper than I actually thought it was. I think it's actually deeper than the part of the water where the Mark Twain riverboat goes. It is, because the Jungle Cruise is actually on ground level. It's the lowest elevation in the entire Magic Kingdom. It's on ground level. So you actually go down lower than almost everything else in the park. Oh my God! Is there a hatch from the utility doors where you can depressurize and access the jungle cruise? <laughs> uh, from what I do understand, there is uh, so the jungle cruise has two islands inside the, the the attraction. There is a hatch that you can access to one to those two islands. Oh my God! I want that tour. <laughs> uh, not available. <laughs> You, you get me on whatever tour gets me in the utility doors, I'm getting on that <laughs> island. I'm finding it. I've seen enough movies and played enough video games. All right, I've played Splinter Cell. I'm getting on that island, people are getting knocked out, and I'm, I'm taking out some... No, I'm not, Disney. I love your part. Mike, <laughs> Mikey, has been, Mikey has been lost to the wilderness. So, uh, Adam, all the boats that we have at the Jungle Cruise are, are specifically named. Yes. Give me one second. I can get to the Disney. We're doing Disney World first, because I have them for both parks. Yeah, we'll do Disney World first. So we have Amazon Annie, and I'm going to kill this, 
Bomo Kandi Bertha. No, you, no, you got it. You nailed it. Congo Kani, Gangi's Gertie, Irawada Irma. I'm a uh, yeah. No, there's way too many consonants Ir- in that. Irawadi. Yeah. Uh, they're they're all named after different rivers across the world. Uh, Mongolia Millie, mm-hmm. Nile Nelly. Oh boy. Orinoco. Orinoco Ida. Orinoco Ida. Yeah, that. Um, Rashuru Ruby. Senakuru Sadie. Sengal Sal. Et, oh, this one starts with a U? Ukiali. Ukali Lali. Volta Val. Wamba Wamba. Wamba Wanda. Sorry. That's way too close to too many different things. <laughs> and Zambezi Zelda. And mm-hmm. we have one retired boat, which was retired in 2000, and that was Quango Kate. Yes. And I also have the names for the this Jingle Cruise. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll get to that in due time. Uh, funny story. So, there, you know, we'll get to the queue in just a minute, but as we go through the queue, there's always the jokes about the boat sinking, blah, blah, blah. One boat actually did sink in Magic Kingdom. Did it the, really? Yeah, the Sankuru Sadie actually sank in 2004 and then they fixed it up repaired it and returned it to service uh but they're they're all fun names they they have adventurous names to them it's uh it's kind of a nod to each of the different areas that the that the jungle cruise themes um so the queue i i think the queue is probably one of the most iconic parts of the ride but get this for 20 years, the Jungle Cruise queue, it was themeless. It was just a bunch of blank walls. Prior uh, prior to the 90s, it was it was just boring, you know, blank walls. And all you really had were the sounds of the jungle that were piped in on the jungle side. The boats that would uh, idle and, you know, go and you'd hear the motor sounds. And then the echoed sounds from downtown Adventureland. And that was really it. So in 1991... The first plus to this queue uh, started, and that's where we have uh, these props start to come in. So they bring in all these props with little nods to different things around the parks, around Disney history, and uh, sort of create this theme that this is a navigate the Jungle Navigation Company Limited. Uh, so you have this headquarters of this navigation company that was taking tourists out on the river and showing them, you know, the different sites of the river. The first scene to ever be creative was the the dispatch office that we all see today when you walk in the queue. Uh, it's got so many different artifacts and so many different nods to Disney movies. Uh, Mikey talked about the True Life Adventure series, the African Queen, Swiss Family Robinson, all of these 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 uh, nods to past Disney movies, past Disney people, uh, really create this fun queue where you can walk through it a number of times and not see the same thing. And not see the same thing twice, really. Uh, but with this queue came, I think, one of my favorite parts of the parks. And that's the, the queue audio that comes with it, the background music. And that's where you get uh, Skipper Albert Awal broadcasting on the DBC. The Disney, you know, they don't really say it, but the Disney Broadcasting Company. Uh, and you have this peppy collection of like early 30s jazz swing and uh and like a radio broadcaster kind of talking over the sounds kind of like taking you 
into into an actual uh, different like a different period of time. I, I I can't say enough about the music and the little quips and the fun the fun puns that they do throughout the throughout the queue. It sets up for what you're going to experience later. Yeah, the puns do anyway. Yes, like I have I have a, I picked out a couple of favorites that uh, Skipper Albert Awall says during the during the uh, background music. And again, this is like a 45 minute background loop that they constantly do throughout the day. And really one of the first to have like a background music in the queue that kind of told the story onto the ride. Um, so at one point he says that... Uh, Any travelers who may need to exchange foreign currency during their voyage needn't worry. There are banks all along our rivers. Wait, are Thanks. we supposed to laugh now? Yes. Oh, no. Ah! We get, I think we're going to have to get a loop, uh, like a 20-minute loop for the crickets on this particular episode if we're dealing with the, uh, <laughs> the jokes from the Jungle Cruise. Well, now, I think this one's funny. And you know what? They're, they're not as obvious as that. Um, at one point in, this, in the queue, uh, Albert Awell mentions that... Mating season has begun at the African Elephant's staging grounds. All boats are cautioned to use extreme care when traveling through this part of the jungle. Attention all skippers. Tomorrow night's bachelor party for Skipper Carl, originally scheduled for the African Elephant Staging Grounds, will now be held at the Indian Elephant Pool. Proper swimwear is mandatory. Ah. I don't, I don't, um... Elephants historically don't mate with people, so I don't know why you couldn't still have the bachelor party there. But they sure do have big trunks. Ah! <laughs> you think it's water, but it's not. <laughs> uh, but they, but they also, they also do some historical tie-ins. Uh, uh, at one point, Albert Awell has a message from. He reads out a message from uh, Sir Henry Henry Morton Stanley. Here's a message from Sir Henry Morton Stanley to. I, I can't quite make out this name. It's Dr. Livingston, I presume. Please meet Sir Stanley at the falls. It's a nod to uh, Sir Henry Morton Stanley and uh, Dr. David Livingston, uh, who... Um, Dr. David Livingston was, an, uh, was a British... Uh, uh, ar- really an archaeologist who traveled to Zanzibar in, in like 1871 and got lost, and Dr. Stanley was the one that found him. So it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a nice tie into the ride, tie into the puns, but also really transports you to a 1930s, uh, kind of in British imperialism. It's, it's kind of cool. But one of my, one of my other favorite parts of the queue is that as you walk out and, and really as you walk in, cause the walk in and walk out are like right next to each other. Uh, and FYI, no gift shop here. No gift shop. So uh, when you walk in the queue and when you walk out the queue, you see these crates and shipping containers. Uh, Disney's made a point to give reference to past Disney history. And some of those are addressed to different characters, uh, different people in Disney history. Uh, Mikey mentioned Harper Goff. There you can find a crate filled with um, Goff's brand uh, crocodile resistant rubber pants. 
with a with a, an address of 250 Main Street, Fort Collins, Colorado. Is that where they brew Coors beer? Mm, that's Golden. Oh. Fort 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 Collins is home to Fat Tire. I'll take or, it. So. Fort Collins uh, for a hundred, Alex. But uh, Fort Collins is the town which. Uh, Harper Goff is originally from, and he used a lot of that to base his design of Main Street USA and Disneyland and a little bit of Disney World to, uh, on his hometown of Fort Collins, Colorado. Uh, but also, you know, I love the Adventures Club, so you can find some shipping crates to uh, address to Otis T. Wren and Pamelia Perkins, both members of the Adventures Club. And then you can go over across the street at the Jungle Skipper's Navigation yeah, yeah. Canteen. I don't know. There's like 10 fucking words in that restaurant. Yeah, it's really, really long. We're eating there, but don't ask me what the name of it is. Uh, yeah. It, I made the reservation. The Adam calls title. up. He says, hey, I want to eat at the Jungle Cruise restaurant. Okay, wait. No, I never, never call up anybody. It's all on the internet unless I can't. Uh, we couldn't with the big meetup. Yeah, so the actual name, uh, everyone knows is the Skipper Canteen, but the actual name is the Jungle Navigation Company Limited Skipper Canteen. Incorporated. Incorporated. (laughs) (laughs) World famous jungle cuisine. All tastes like chicken. Only the chicken really tastes like chicken. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another another gag in the queue is there's a menu that says everything tastes like chicken. Uh, but no, Q's awesome. What do you guys think of it? The music's not loud enough lately, in my opinion. No. Sometimes they don't even play it. Yeah, so it, it's very hit or miss as to whether you're going to get a full like show. I would say if if you don't get the music, because that is a lot. I mean, every time we've ridden it, which is one. Fuck me. Yeah. So the one time we rode it, um, yeah, the music was going. I enjoyed the Q because I enjoyed all the... Uh, the quote-unquote artifacts and stuff they had scattered around and all this mm-hmm. stuff. It, that that kind of, the way it was themed, it definitely reminded you of something that you would have seen in the 1930s or 40s. I mean, it had a kind of an Indiana Jonesy kind of feel going on with a lot of that stuff, okay? And what helped sell it was, as Scott mentioned, the, uh, the old jazz music and the radio, an ounce of ice go, coming across top of it. That really helped sell it. So you know, if Adam says, and uh, Tim says, the music wasn't playing, all I can think of is that's basically the cue from Expedition Everest. No, yeah. Expedition Everest is amazing. Yeah, they have they have some great uh, things in there, including the footprint that Josh Gates found on... Uh, See, yeah, I, don't, I don't find Everest's cue all that great. Oh, I love Everest's cue. I, I know this, this is an Everest thing, but there's not like a lot of ambient sound that I can really remember from the queue. I wish... You know what? The phone let's rings. Say, yeah, this is let, for a different... Yeah, we have to... Yeah, let's I say know, that for I'm just, I'm just... I could get into how awesome that queue is and how and how it could be a little bit better. I enjoyed yeah, I the Jungle Cruise queue for me because the music was on, but I can definitely see what the music is off. It's yeah, just walking through... Um, switchbacks. Switchbacks that have some uh, hotel decoration kind of things happening, I guess. From the 30s in Africa. I mean, for for me, I guess it's because I've, I've written this right a lot. I'll try to fast pass it as, like, it's usually a fast pass that you can almost always get. So it's very rare that I actually wait on the queue when I go, when I go on this one. Mm-hmm. Cause, and, and it moves pretty fast now. It, it's not 
a super like long line most of the time. But finally, as all cues do, they come to an end. Did you write that joke? Is that a joke? Is that a pun? Ah, it wasn't meant to be, but we can make it a pun. Oh no, no, that's that. No, you're you're lying. You're a lawyer. I know better. Shit. <laughs> I I may or may not have allegedly, <laughs> hypothetically, planned to say that. Uh, so as you get on the ride. First scene after you leave the dock, you wave goodbye to civilization, all the nice people on the dock, and you wave goodbye to all the mean people on the dock too, because you know you gotta be friendly. All the pretty people on the dock, and wave to all the ugly people because they have feelings too. too. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The first the first scene that you go into, you go into the Amazon rainforest, um, and this is where you get a lot of you you see some sceneries with uh, butterflies. They grow anywhere from twelve inches to a whopping one foot. Because they're, uh, are, are they the the rulers of the jungle, Scott? <laughs> they might be, uh, but one of my favorite scenes is you go past Inspiration Falls, and this was Mark Davis's creation. Uh, this set of water falling trickly nicely over some rocks inspires you to go deeper and deeper into the jungle. I see. Depending on your skipper, you get two different lines for that particular yes. vignette. There's that one, and then there's one that just. I mean, it's 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 stupid. I mean, most that's but like, that's it's bad. Because, like, it's not funny. That's because in 2013, they removed the body humor. Yeah. See, I saw a video from last year where the skipper still used that uh, the PJ. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. It's still around. It just He's a, it depends. Well, that guy's that guy's a badass. She did an amazing job. That girl's a badass? Why couldn't it be a girl, Scott? Why does it always have to be a guy skipper? Well, that's because... Because well, it's not fun, a skipette. Fun fact. Back, up until 1994, they weren't allowed to have girl skippers. Yes. So far, some of my favorite skippers have been girls. Yeah. Hands down. Finally, you go past out, You go past uh, Inspiration Falls, and uh, you start to get into... You start to go a little deeper into the jungle, and then you get into the, uh, you know, the Nile River. Well, no, first it goes to the Congo River. Or the Congo River, sorry. I'm in, I'm in denial. Because it goes on for Niles and Niles and Niles. <laughs> Gosh. Some of these jokes are so brutal when, like, he's getting nothing from the guests. So who's got the Congo? I got the Congo. Congo is a 1995 science fiction action adventure film loosely based on Michael Crichton's novel of the same name. Oh, shit. Hang on. Let me get my other notes up then. So just as Inspiration Falls, which will leave you going, ooh, and on the right side of your boat, you'll come across... The first vignette of the Congo River portion of the ride, and it's basically an empty pygmy camp. You'll have your your uh, your your skipper telling you all about his friends that have come to have a party with him and welcome him, but the pygmy camp is just completely empty, empty, um, save for some canoes. And if depending on who your skipper is, you might get the joke about uh, the canoe joke in there. I'm not going to try to you know spoilers and ruin it, but it's bad joke. 
It's a bad joke. I don't remember it necessarily, canoe. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Ow. <laughs> I know Scott laughed, which he's had too much to drink. <laughs> I love these jokes. They're dad I, jokes. I really They're think great. this ride would be a shitload better if you could get drunk in Adventureland and then go on it. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Well, technically, now you can if you go to the... You can't get drunk uh, unless, like, you're limited literally a pygmy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, it's just an empty camp. There's, like, a, you know... Uh, a small selection of canoes. I'm, I'm going to say, though, I really like the art style used on those canoes. It looks really cool. It definitely makes it look like it's exotic. It, you know, it, it's it's they're fun. I, I would totally rock those uh, in my local pond or lake. Would or you pond. dare say they're themed to uh, a couple of Disney characters? Didn't look at them that closely, Scott. Oh, if you do, if you do next time. There's one that may or may not kind of resemble Mickey Mouse, and one that may or may not kind of resemble Donald. Okay, I'll, I'll I'm game. I'll, I'll I'll check it out next time I'm there. I mean, or very I'll, loosely. Or it's not it. like it's not like a hidden Mickey where it's completely, you know, obvious. Is it is it the color scheme? No, no. They like so. Spoiler alert: the Mickey head has these like horns that make a shape of like two Mickey ears, kind of. Okay, yeah, I missed that entirely. But I remember the horns. I just thought they were horns. Yeah, they're just, they're designed to kind of look like Disney characters. I'll go back and watch it again because I like me a horny boat. There you go. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, you've got this empty pygmy camp. Uh, it's just it's, it's pretty small. And the skipper does his best... To keep your attention on that side and just keeps describing and blah blah yada yada about the camp and holy shit there's a snake that is on the left side you got this python on the left side so he like tries to bait you over there and then it's like oh my gosh look out for the snake and people are like i saw the snake an hour ago um it's not a python it's plastic it's a plastic python don't get too close because he might develop a crush exactly <laughs> he like he he's he's a hugger um, it, I will say it's a very good looking python, but it's the size of an anaconda. So come on. It's Disney. a big python. Let's make it happen, man. I know that was a film, but shit. I think that even took place in the Congo. Uh, Jennifer Lopez. So, you know, the, the boat. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Yeah. And, and Jane and Henry and, uh. The boat's going to pass the, uh, an, an, you know, Fonda's Anaconda in the back of her Honda. And you're going to navigate through a turn because all of this is like turns. So, like, in one turn, you got the pygmy camp. And then you make an outside turn, and there's the Anaconda. You make an inside turn, and your skipper goes on and on about his uh, his camp. Like, well, let's just go to my camp for a second. Let's get up here, and let's look. And he, then, he, then he, I say he, the skipper will trail off uh, because you get to see the skipper's camp, which is actually better appointed than uh, the pygmy camp um he, you know that, that, that the skipper's camp has nice cloth uh tent which actually looks like a uh a gazebo or a, a, a pop-up tent that you might get like at, at home depot like a pop-up canopy thing with like walls with like 
cloth windscreens around it. That's what it look. Go back and go back and look at it again. What it looks like. Anyway, you got that, but you got these nice 1940s uh, style, um, you know, gas lamps, lanterns hanging from it, and they're lit up and stuff like that. And he's got like a little cook grill and stuff happening. You're like, okay, this is great, except for the fact that a bunch of gorillas are ransacking this thing, and they flipped his jeep upside, the skipper's jeep upside down, and. You get one of two jokes here, I think. I think you get, These gorillas are driving me bananas! Or you get the much better joke about, Oh my gosh, look what they've done to everything. I can't believe this. Look, they've painted or they, they've painted my Jeep blue. It used to be yellow. <laughs> so I, I like that one. I like that, that one a lot. That, that's a better joke. We because it's... it's, it's they finally turned they finally turn got, over. Yeah. Oh, that's a better joke than they're driving me bananas. I, mean, I, 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 don't, bananas. I, I don't know. Um, I will say that of of the three kind of display vignettes or whatever in the Congo area, I believe this is the only one that actually has an animatronic in it. There's nothing in the Pygmy Village. The snake doesn't move, like not even his tongue flickers. And I want to say maybe one or two of the gorillas are just moving enough where you can see they're moving while they're shaking some underwear or sheets or something the one with the gun that uh, is pointed at himself moves up and down like uh, well like that's a, pretty dark well he's, look he, he does there's one uh, there's one gorilla holding a shotgun to his face looking down the barrel no shit yeah huh I'll be damned oh, yeah. I'll be damned but yeah attaboy attaboy Disney so and and, and and that's the end of the Congo portion of our journey. Which leads right into the Nile. And if you don't believe me... You're in denial. Because it goes on for Niles and Niles. It's the longest river in Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my section, I guess. Um... <laughs> The first scene you come across on the Nile River is the African elephant pool, and you get a couple of corny little jokes. Wait, how do you know it's the African elephants? Because, because you're in Africa. Because their accents. Because <laughs> of their <laughs> floppy ears. Well, no, that's not the joke that they give, usually. Oh, no, the one I watched, literally the joke was, you know how they're African elephants? Because they're floppy ears. That was the freaking joke on one that... On, on one of the YouTube videos I watched. Well, well no, every, every once in a while, the skipper will, will veer off the actual joke. Because the actual joke is, how do you know they're African elephants? Well, because we're in Africa. Yeah, yeah, that's the joke. And that's fine. What? I, listen, this... I, listen, okay. This ride is... A, the skipper makes it or breaks it. Okay, I don't want to say ha- it right I have, now, but... I have heard exactly what Mikey's talking about, where the skipper goes off, off script and says... Well, actually, you know, it, someone in the boat will shout, because we're in Africa, and they know the joke. And the skipper, the one, I'm, I know exactly what you're talking about. The skipper goes, well, actually, it's the, long, it's the elongated tusks and the floppy ears that make them distinct from every other elephant that we, that we see in the wild. And he goes on to, like, a scientific version of it. It's great. So once you pass that scene, you come across the African veldt, where numerous African animals... Watch some lions watching a sleeping zebra. Rule of the jungle. He's dead tired. Yeah. Rule number one of the jungle. Don't be a zebra. Don't be a sleeping zebra. 
<laughs> it looks like a scene straight out of Lion King. You got the giraffes and some wildebeests, and the, the lions are in their den, and the zebra is just laying there. And Individuals taking it's kind of yeah. I like. Uh, I, I've had a couple of variations on this where uh, one, like one skipper, will point out some of the uh, some of the animals on the bank, and it's like, oh, there's a seventy-one impala. <laughs> I would laugh at that. I did. Yeah, I never had that one. <laughs> because that's totally out of place, so that's what makes that joke funny. Well, it's 71 because that's yes. the year it opened, and there's oh, Impala's yeah, the animal. Yeah. Okay. We get it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But I'm sober, ladies Damn. and gentlemen. We can tell. I'm <laughs> <laughs> also a little bit cranky. All right, then you go to the Lost Safari group that... The members of the group have been chased up a pole by an angry rhinoceros, and they're now trapped. And they're getting the point. In the end. In, in the end. Which they just recently put the rhinoceros back into the scene. For whatever reason, they took it out for a little while, and only the hyenas were there. Sometimes you get a joke where the they name one of the Lost Safari members, and they call him Mr. Ina. And they skip or tell you to say, hi, Ina. <laughs> I've heard them them call the guy on the bottom totem, uh, on the bottom of the totem pole um, Pocahontas. Yeah. And now I think the next scene is probably one of the most famous scenes in the ride, and that's where you pass Schweitzer Falls. Named well, you pass it from the front side. Yes. Well, yeah. Af- so after you get past the African Velt, you you meet two of the famous residents of uh, of the Jungle Cruise, and that's uh, oh, yeah. Gin- Old Smiley and Ginger, and his girlfriend Ginger. She snaps. She snaps. That's right, Ginger snaps, which became much more prevalent in the Jingle Cruise, which we'll get to it later in a little bit. Well, but, they actually got rid of that for a little yes, while too. after the Grand Floridian incident. Oh, yes. really? Yeah. They took yeah. out Old Smiley and Ginger for a very brief period of time. It wasn't that brief. It wasn't. It was, a well, it was, it was, like, it was for quite a yeah. bit. It was, a it was good, like six months. Yeah, I think it was longer than that. They, well, they, they, look, they every, look. Everybody in Disney goes through sensitivity training. Ginger and Old Smiley were just long overdue. <laughs> this is well, at, at Ginger, yes. <laughs> Old Smiley was perfectly they, fine. They I left his ass there. <laughs> uh, so as you approach the uh, Schweitzer Falls. Uh, and this is where you uh, this is where you meet up with probably the worst jokes of the Jungle Cruise, and that's this is where the Jungle Skipper will tell you how he came to be in the jungle, and he shows you the back half of a plane that is wrecked. Now, fun fact: the front half was in Great Movie Ride, and now is gone. <laughs> right. Uh, but it, but it is an actual, it is an actual plane. They just chopped in half and said, "Well, let's put one half in uh, Great Movie Ride and one half in Jungle Cruise." And there you go. Um, and he'll say some terrible joke like he took a crash course, mm-hmm. and now, yeah. and now he's just winging it. But it's plain to see that he's he's here to entertain you. Um, and and then he also tells you that he can he can point out one of his you know one of his favorite stories and he points to a book and that's the Jungle, jungle Book. It's also isn't it also the scene where he says his favorite plants? 
Yeah, uh, yeah, this is usually the part where he points out his favorite plants. Um, but, this uh... This one, that yeah. one. That one. <laughs> that one over there. <laughs> that one. Uh, but this is also where you get to the famous hippos. The hippos wiggling their ears, and when they wiggle their ears, be careful, because they're going to charge the boat. And, and uh, for, for a long time, the jungle skipper would, uh, would shoot at the hippos to scare them away. And then Disney, you know, in their sage wise advice uh, took the guns away from the skippers and then gave them back well they had real guns that shot blanks yes and then they took those away and there was nothing for a while and then they just gave them, now they're just regular props yes they're, they're prop guns that snap and they don't make any real sound just we wants the redhead yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly I will say one of my favorite jokes I've ever had on this uh, is uh, when the skipper pulls out the gun and he's like, it's okay, guys, I have a gun. And he, he points at it and he goes, shoo, 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 and like waves, waves his gun, gun at him. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's actually one of the better jokes for this for this area. Yeah, but we had a after one time tell a joke about her boyfriend. No, it was an ongoing theme throughout the whole attraction yeah. about her boyfriend. It was awesome. It was... it was pretty funny. I wish I could remember the yeah. jokes that she told. There was I a lot. It, it From the start to finish, it was all about her boyfriend and that she was alone. And it was just, it was really good. Go back to episode 34. I want to say it's episode 34 where you guys told the story about it. It's possible because it was that trip. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was your October trip. Go back and listen to episode thirty-four or oh, thirty-six. No, it it's one of those two. That. It was maybe the race trip. Is it, it was the October either the race trip. or the? No. So that's either episode thirteen A and B, or episode thirty-four and thirty-six. You know what? You know what? Screw it. Just listen to, just listen to all go of them. Just go listen to them all. Download them again. Listen yeah, go listen to all of them. I just, it sounds like he's pulling numbers out of his ass, but he's pretty sure about what he says, and I'm sitting over here like, did we talk about that? I'm impressed, because I couldn't remember. Well, Scott's half, like that if Scott's my half Rain Man, so, you know. I'm pretty well, he didn't edit those, that's what's impressive to me. No, go go back and listen, yeah, I didn't edit those, but go back and listen to them, but I, I listened to them three times, you should too. I just want to apologize to folks who do listen to them. I just want to remind you that Scott didn't edit those. So, <laughs> No, I did not. Uh, but finally, after you pass by the hippos, uh, you, uh, you're introduced to, to uh, uh, some, of the, some of our skipper's friends uh, or the, the former friends that he had on the canoe with all the skulls. Because right after that is uh, the dance party of the headhunters and their party that's waiting to ambush you well they've really got their heads together at this point well they do they do uh and that's and that's where you uh you encounter the uh the headhunters that are chasing after you and they're about ready to throw spears and all 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 kinds of fun are they supposed to move do they move they dance in a circle they yeah well those dance in a circle the headhunters generally are supposed to like rise up out of the out of the bush and like pretend to throw their spears at you sometimes they work sometimes they don't no but mikey just said these animatronics are 100 percent reliable they're 100 percent reliable 85 percent of the time 85 percent 80 60 percent of the time they work every time a lot like me 
<laughs> um, but finally, finally, we come to the uh, to the the splendiferous, the most amazing, the eighth wonder of the world, the backside of water. And this is where your skipper will chant O two H, O two H. Never got that. Uh, Not once. No. Oh, I love that one. Uh, Wouldn't technically know, it be OH2? It should be, but, you know. Uh, fun fact, though, the backside of water looks a hell of a lot like the front side. Get you just as wet. Yeah, but it's a little, <laughs> a little shadier. And that leads us to, uh, to a Walt Disney World exclusive, and that's the Mekong River. Which is kind of the most boringest part of this ride in my opinion yeah. it is because this really is, is when the cast member takes a seat and you go through these underground like tunnels that are supposed to look like an earthquake has hit them. and i mean there's some treasures and there's some monkeys and there's a tiger with red glowing eyes but there's really it's it's not as much fun as the rest of the ride in my opinion and then you go through another little elephant area after you exit out. Well, that's also you get the joke where the skipper will tell you that you feel free to take pictures because they've all got their trunks on. And then uh, one elephant is off to the side and he threatens to spray the boat, which never actually happens. And the best part and the most standing joke is when you pass by Trader Sam. Oh, yes. He will gladly sell you two of his heads for one of yours. Well, he is the head salesman. Either way you look at it, he's still coming ahead. Yes. <laughs> uh, the, the, the best part about this is if you do get stuck here waiting for boats to dock, you get some extra jokes. Uh, that is the best. If, if it's backed up, and they're totally unscripted, because you can tell. Mm-hmm. Like, uh... You know, occasionally I'll, you'll get the cast member telling about telling a story about how Trader Sam and his wife were in, and they invited him over for dinner. And, uh, uh, you know, he asked he asked Trader Sam, he's like, you know, this this stew is great. And he's like, oh, you know, it's my wife. It's my wife's. That's stew. pretty damn dark. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it really is. I and mean, he's like, I, oh, she, you know, she makes a mean wife. stew. Yeah. Well, then, then the skipper goes, oh, yeah, and I told him, you know, she makes a mean stew. And he goes, yeah, I sure am going to miss her. I don't never heard, I never got that one. It's dark, man. It's pretty dark. Yeah. Uh, Cannibalism historically not a good punchline for many jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the know. movie Alive, but not going to be in the comedy section at your local uh, Cinematech. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but you know, it's all in all, it's a fun ride and eventually you have to return to civilization uh, where uh, where the skipper will then say, you know, if, if you've had a wonderful time, my name is, and then they say their name and this has been the jungle, the world famous Jungle Cruise. If not, my name is you know, and they'll say Becky or their other, you know, someone else's name and this has been Pirates of the Caribbean. Or Small World. I'll tell you, um, out of all the cruises they've done that day, you guys have been the most recent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys are the most recent. Or they'll tell uh, you something like, uh, 
you guys have been the first one that I haven't sank or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like when you're pulling into the dock, they warn you to keep your hands, legs, arms, feet inside the boat. You know, we don't want to scratch my dock. Because you just painted it. <laughs> yeah. When you come here, this is where, the, again, you're waiting for, uh, you're waiting for disembarkment. And uh, they'll tell you, they'll like point up ahead and he's like, you know, right there you see a dock and that's another dock and in the jungle we call that a paradox. Yeah, they say that one a lot. They do. They really do say that one a lot. All in all, it is a it is a fun uh, a fun 13 minute ride uh, that for the skippers they do every every day for 34 times a day and uh, remind you to stay in school. Mm-hmm. Not just a job. It's a life sentence. It's a <laughs> but uh, but there's some, there's some fun there's some fun things. Does anyone have a real favorite joke of the entire cruise? I like it when they go off script. Well, I think it's when you do know what's coming. Like you you know what the next line should be, and that's not what you get. You get something really good, or when they're interacting. Like, you know, if, if you get the off-script line that pertains to the attraction that you're seeing, you know, you can tell that's something they've been working on and they're throwing it out because that's their bit. Well, we also had a, a really good one where the skipper was ver- verbatim doing the jokes that were scripted. And it was with the uh, Mouse Rants people, Mouse Rants meetup, and the whole, all of us were in the boat. Pretty much all were on the boat were us. And we recited the jokes with her, and she was getting a kick out of it. So every time the joke would come up, she'd cue us, and then we'd all say it at the same time. And it was, yeah, that was fun, too. And those are those are the fun times when the skipper isn't just going off, off the script and kind of like saying the same thing over and over again, but really playing into the boat. I think if, if, if you go on that expecting Kilimanjaro safaris, you're... No. And I think, unfortunately, <laughs> maybe some new people to Disney do that, you know, and it's that's not what you're getting. So if you want your skipper to be good, you need to give them something to work with. Fun ride. Uh, now, obviously, Disneyland has their version. It's first. Um, what about, uh, Adam, what about some of the differences between the two? Well, the hugest difference is the queue. Yeah, well, the Disneyland queue is modeled after... A boathouse of the Jungle Navigation Company, instead of just being an outpost. The River Trading Company is located in a British colony, circa late 1930s. There's an actual old Union Jack flag hanging. Um, it's, all throughout the queue was cluttered with appropriate props. You got uh, displays of pinned insects that you find in the various jungle areas. An old There's an old radio on top of a bookshelf. There's actually a chessboard that the pieces have been replaced with miniature animals and shotguns shells. Replacing all the pieces. Um, I actually like this this cube better because there's more to look at. Um, I like the upstairs, downstairs. There's an audio animatronic hornbill before you go back downstairs. Um, they also have the big band music playing with... It, it constantly getting interrupted with jungle-related news bulletins. Um, I I think this queue is it's 
brighter, it seems to be more well decorated and more themed. As opposed to the Disney but, World one. But there are a lot of stairs. I know, I like it though. <laughs> it's, it's, to me, it's just it's a, a distraction from the constant just switchbacks. You know. No, it is it is a better queue in my opinion. We we've seen both, and I do like the Disneyland one better, but it is stairs. And after walking around a park all day, you don't want to go upstairs. And then when the opening <laughs> of Indiana Jones, they throw in some hints and nods to the Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, some of the shipping crates in Disneyland have uh, Doctor Henry Jones on them. Yeah. Well, a lot of the actual audio interruptions start yeah. mentioning things about the legend of the Forbidden Eye and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. Yeah. They, they have a completely different audio cue. It's not Skipper mm-hmm. Albert Awal. It's the global broadcasting company. Yes. A voice. And it's, yeah. And it's a different voice. And there's actually different voices, not just one guy. There's yeah. multiple people on there where they Yes. Where they have the chatter talk. between the different boats. Yeah. It's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, fun, fun queue, and and actually, when you uh, when you leave the Disneyland dock, you can actually see the uh, the queue for Indiana Jones. Well, you actually pass by the Temple of the Forbidden Eye mm-hmm. in Disneyland. I mean, the only real difference is the Disneyland rise is significantly shorter because they don't have that whole earthquake scene. Yes. But that's the major difference. Well, a lot of the jokes stay the same. Yeah, and you start off with different rivers. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of your jokes are going to be the same kind of cheese ball jokes. But it's it's a fun ride. I I like kind of like the Disneyland one a little bit better because there isn't the kind of dead space that I feel the earthquake scene is. Yeah. They they have the uh, they, there they have the Bengal tiger that can jump over you know fifteen feet but it's okay because you're only five feet away. No, thirteen feet away. Thirteen so feet. He'll, away. Jump, he'll just jump right it's over. Twenty right. feet and it's okay because we're only nineteen feet away. He'll yeah. just jump right over us and land on the other side. It'll <laughs> be fine. No worries. Uh, but you know both are very good. Very good. Uh, I like each one differently. I do like the queue for for Disneyland. Um, it's fun. The the chatter between the two, and, and again, the music's almost almost the same. Uh, a couple of tracks are a little bit different. They keep it more in the late '30s because this one actually has a real date because it's tied into Indiana Jones. Yes, and they updated it a few times to make it more relevant to Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. I prefer. I'd have to say I only like the Disney World one just a little bit more because it's a little bit longer. You get a more, uh, you get a little bit longer ride. But you're right. I think they needed, they need to do something with the Cambodian temple. Well, I mean, the other thing is, is I find that at least the times that we rode the Disneyland one, they go off script more. Yeah. Well, you know, Hollywood actors. Well, it's it's not that it's the Hollywood actors. It's a local park. Mm-hmm. So these are people who actually go a lot more frequently than a lot of us in Orlando. A lot of the people in Orlando go. So they have to keep those jokes a little bit fresher. And at one point they had a special event where you can actually drive the boats. They actually had a thing where they had a breakfast and a yeah. and a thing where the adults could actually drive the boats in California. And then they had a, a, one of the scenes you could sit and eat your... 
Yeah, you actually stopped and got off the boat and ate your breakfast there. And I think it was like three hundred dollars a person. It was. Or something. It was expensive. To to not drive a boat because you spoilers, it's on tracks. <gasps> yes, it is. So basically, you're just up front spinning a wheel like you're at shoe carnival. Mm. I'd still do it, but not for that price. <laughs> yeah. So, um, in uh, in 2013, as the holiday season drew near, Disney decided to to plus this to give it a holiday themed overlay where the skippers kind of got little bit of homesick you know and they wanted to have a little holiday cheer so the skippers decorated the queue uh they decorated the jungle and you know they had some airdrop packages floating in the water and this became the jingle cruise and mainly mainly this was let's let's decorate some of the stuff for the holidays and let's have some holiday themed uh jokes uh they are, if you think that the regular Jungle Cruise jokes are, are corny and bad, these are a billion times worse. Has, has anyone ever done the Jungle Cruise? No. I've seen not. videos. We've never done it. Are they so bad? Hopefully they go for back? our November trip, we might be able to do it, but I won't hold my breath because it's a little early. Uh, yeah, they usually started around like mid, like early November, like the first week in November, like uh, 10th ish so right around that that first or the second week in november that they start redoing this for uh for the jingle cruise um there's really not much to it they drop some packages and have them floating in the water uh they'll put like a santa hat on some of the pygmy canoes the gorillas will be wearing santa hats um there, there's not too much, you know. The, the lions have the zebra over for uh, Christmas dinner. <laughs> that's the extent of the joke. No, well, literally, that's a yam that is good it. Joke. <laughs> yeah, they should probably incorporate that one, Mikey. Uh, you know, they listen. Yeah. Uh, there's fruitcake jokes. There's uh, mother-in-law jokes. Um, it's fun. It's uh, we we've done it once. I don't know if I really need to do it again. It's not something if I'm like, I would plan a trip around. Now, if you were there for the holidays again, though, would you do it? Of course. I'm not saying planning a trip around it, but just no, of course is it something that you would do again. Of course, because to me, I think the Jungle Cruise is one of those one of those rides that I don't ever want to miss. Like, I want to do this at least once during the during the trip. I was um, so disappointed that it was shut down for refurb on my last trip. Like, we had one day to go to Magic Kingdom, and it reopened the day after. Yeah, it's uh, to me, it's 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 not again. If I plan a trip and it's um, it's down for refurb, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna replan my trip for it. Although I'm not sure there would be a ride at this point that I've done everything that I would do that for. The Jungle Cruise is a ride that I want to do almost at least one time during my trip. All right. So for those of us who have done it, nighttime or daytime? Ooh. I, hmm. I, like, I like the daytime just a little bit better. See, I like the, I like night the nighttime one better. better. 
Um, I will say we did the Jingle Cruise during during the fireworks during the Christmas fireworks on the at the Christmas party, and that was actually really cool because the fireworks are all around you and they're like blowing up over your over the jungle. It was pretty cool. Nighttime is really good though. Yeah, I like the nighttime cruises better. And they do a good job of, of spotlighting and, and using yeah, The darkness kind of hides a lot of things and makes the animatronics seem a little bit more realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for shits and giggles, do you think that it would add anything to the attraction as far as, like, a little bit of depth if they gave your skipper or if the... Uh, the boat you were on was equipped with like a, you know, a, a low wattage spotlight. It is. It is. Oh, it is? Yeah. And yes. did yeah. I turn it? Yep. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, uh, obviously I've never ridden it. And I'm so happy that Disney is in line with my way of thinking. Well, when you go in November, make sure you do a nighttime cruise. Yeah, we'll do a nighttime. Let's give it a shot. It's a lot of fun. It really is. The, I got. I got to agree with Tim and Adam. The nighttime is a lot of fun. It really is. If you if you get to do it, take a nighttime cruise. Uh, they're right. It does hide some of the some of the kitschy animatronics. So uh, so real quick, favorite scene in the jungle. Adam. Backside of water. Tim. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, hmm. I like the uh, gorilla camp scene. Mikey? I like when you're coming around and you got the totem pole thing. There's a, there's a, that scene, there's a hell of a lot of stuff going on in that one. There's a lot of animals. You got the totem pole. Uh, it's also the same one with the sleeping zebra, isn't it? Yeah, the African felt. As you wind around, that's probably one of my favorite ones because there's a hell of a lot going on right there. Yeah, for me, I think the Indian elephant scene. Uh, it's a lot of fun jokes. Um, you don't ever get wet, but the threat of it is kind of fun, and you know, there's there's just good times in there. I, I think that I think this one will continue to receive updates. It's it's one of those rides that has continuously been plussed over the years, um, both both in the queue and in the in the ride itself. I think they may add some, you know, as time goes on, once they get finished with construction or across Disney World, you know, changing out uh, changing out Hollywood Studios completely, com- you know, Hollywood 2.0. I think that they may focus, you know, come back to come back to uh, to Magic Kingdom and, and maybe do something with this because it could use some it could use some TLC. I, mean, I think we're a long way out before. It gets done. I mean, don't forget, we have Tron Coaster going in there, too. Right. Possibly the 50th. I mean, that's still three years away. Maybe they can... I don't... Maybe not add a scene, but maybe plus up some of the stuff with some updated 2.0 animatronics. I don't think they'd want them outdoors. 2.0 animatronics are very expensive. That's true. Maybe put them in the Cambodian scene. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would be that's the only what place that scene needs. But then when you see that, you're gonna be like, "Damn, that alligator was a piece of shit back there." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's gonna be a rough, rough zone. It's gonna Actually, be like they should put the Nava River River Journey chick in there. There you go. 
<laughs> that, that's what we need in Magic Kingdom. You're absolutely right. Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> Not alien, but alien. We had an alien. Stitch. Stitch. Yeah, you put know, Stitch the in there, man. When we when we post the show to the group, comment below. Let us know your favorite parts of the Jungle Cruise. Let us know what you thought of it. Uh, if, if it's a must-do for you, uh, if you never want to ride it again, if you had a bad experience, tell us your... Tell us your good skippers. Tell us your bad skippers. We don't care. We'll, we'll take them all. But I want to thank you guys for joining us this week on Three Sheets to the Mouse. If you enjoy the show, uh, let us know. And the only way to really do that is go over to iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. You know, that's the best way for other Disney fans like yourselves to go find the show. The more subscriptions we have, the more we get played the more people will be able to search for it easy. It'll, it'll pop up on the top Disney uh, podcasts. Uh, and quite honestly, the more Ohana we get, the more family we get on Three Sheets Nation, the, the better this, this show is going to get. The best is yet to come. And babe, won't it be fine? So, if you want to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, we're over at Three Sheets Podcast. If you're in the parks... Tag us on your Instagram. Go over to the purple wall. Uh, no, go over to no, the, no, 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 no purple wall. Okay, With so your crony hands and <laughs> that oh picture, God. by the way, was, was the like freakiest. the crypt keeper in Mickey ears. <laughs> Millennial yeah. Pete Mickey ears. So, um, spirit jersey. So, in this like phenomenon of walls in Disney, like background walls in Disney. I had no idea there was this deep, dark underworld of Instagram walls. Yeah. I don't understand it. I don't get it. It's also like the whole thing with uh, Michael's photos with the flowers and the store. I don't quite understand what that's all about. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, that's a thing because you can go down the floral aisle of your local Michael's and you can just grab a few sprigs of of some, uh, you know, decorative sprays and stuff and put behind you, and then you get yourself a nice DSLR with a 50 millimeter lens, and you can sit there, and you come out with something that looks really great. But the thing is, you're crouched on a vinyl floor in the middle of your local Michaels. It's really creepy. Yeah. Look it up. Look it up. It's, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a creepy thing. Or Monday through Saturday, you can do it at the Hobby Lobby. <laughs> but not Sunday. <laughs> not on Sunday. So but better yet, so I, tag us in your better picture than the wall. Yes, yes. There's more Don't, Disney than the walls that surround everything. I mean, shit. If I want to go take a picture in front of a wall, I'll go to my local Superette. Stay away from the bubblegum wall. Stay away from the blueberry wall. Stay away from the toothpaste wall. The, the moss, moss wall. wall. Yeah. The, the toothpaste wall. Yeah, over at Nemo. I know. I okay. We we need to stop. No, this. these yeah. are this these are like things. My head hurt. These are things. Uh, these are things that are happening for millennial hipster uh, people with it Instagrammy. Insta- Instagram is, is a new thing. This is how I know I'm fucking old. I know. I don't know what the fuck is going on anymore. So I want to see some really interesting photos, not in front of iconic Disney structures or walls. Just something cool, and then hashtag that. Not my wall. There you go. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. So what? What annoys me most about this is not not so much the purple wall or the bubblegum wall or the toothpaste wall or the blueberry wall because those are painted on. Those were done for this specific purpose. But over in Animal Kingdom, there Joe Rody did a phenomenal shot. 
<laughs> a phenomenal job decorating the Harambe area. And they have a couple of walls that are now Instagrammy famous. And it's But those are different. But those okay. but those oh, were originally the purple done. wall was just a wall that was painted purple. Right. It just happened but, to make a perfect Instagram backdrop. Yes. Because it was purple. But what I'm saying is I like I'm okay with uh with the and I take these in actual quotes from Disney's website. The You Are Most Beautiful wall, which is basically paintings on a wall that, that Joe Rodian and his Imagineers did on this Harambe wall. Or uh, the the one with like a, a very rough sketch of Mickey that looks like it was, you know, a someone just drew Mickey on a wall in Africa. Or the the one with the bikes. The bikes that, that are attached to the wall in Harambe Market. And those have been there since the park opening, and nobody Instagrammed those back in 1998. Instagram wasn't around in Yeah, that's probably why. But nobody Instagrammed those in 2015 either. It's just a new thing that Instagram has really taken off. I take well, pictures I of those it's... walls every time I'm there. I know. I love those. Disney is pushing these to Instagram because Instagram is free marketing for Disney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they you capitalize know, on merchandise after that. Yes. Newsflash, there's people hanging around Disney with really high-quality cameras that'll take pictures of you in front of some really awesome stuff, and it really it doesn't cost you that much for the whole thing of your trip, man. Well, get you can actually pass. you can get your photo pass matter. taken at the purple wall and all these walls. Yeah. I, yes, I will the, not the be photo doing that. Pass. The only reason why we know that is because we were running through a rainstorm the last time we were in Disney in October, and people were lined up. There was a line for this purple photo pass wall. Yep. Like, it was one of the longer lines in some of the actual magic shots. It's, now it's nuts. it's been repainted with a design on it. Which kind of takes away from a backdrop, which is supposed to be simple. Yeah. It's now complex, and it distracts. Yeah, but people are going to it, so... Yeah, of course they're going to it. It's even more popular than ever now. You she- know what? If they want to stand in line for that, that's fine. I'll go over there, and I'll have a 10-minute wait for Tomorrowland Speedway. There you go. <laughs> Like moths to a flame. Uh, but if you're in the parks, go over there. Go over to the purple wall. Go over to all these walls and hashtag Three Sheets Nation. Make it a thing. Oh, no. Don't make it a thing. No, not in front of the thing. purple no, wall. No, let's make Three Sheets Nation a thing. Yeah. No, no, make though, Three Sheets Nation a thing. But not from, not from the we, purple wall. So on your find Instagram. Find your other walls. Take, find the walls some, that are not some being used. Take interesting stuff. Take a picture yeah. of some interesting stuff in Disney World. Take go a f- picture in front of somebody taking a picture of themselves in front of the purple <laughs> wall. <laughs> Hashtag three sheets nation. That's Hashtag, right. Yeah, <laughs> this is how Hashtag I three roll. Sheets nation. Photobomb. Make it happen. Photobomb the purple wall. There you go. Uh, but if you really want to interact with us, head over to the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash three sheets. That's where you really become part of three sheets nation. We had uh, Stephen Goatee, who's kind of officially now sheeter of the week. Uh, He's the ginger Kenyan. He is the ginger Kenyan. He runs like six minute miles. He's crazy. That's that's insanity. I know. I heard he doesn't sweat. <laughs> I've heard he sheds his skin. And squirrels are afraid of him. As a ginger, I can say it we get enough sun, we will shed our really skin. a really bad spoiler for Avengers, so we need to change the topic really quick. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but, you know, Stephen Goatee invited, uh, I can't even tell you how many people we welcomed this last, like, three days. Stephen Goatee invited a bunch of people to to join the Facebook group. He shared it to another Facebook group. Share the share the group. Share 
Three Sheets Nation, put us out there. Pimp us. We're okay with that. Just don't ask us for the money. Because I <laughs> yeah. not choose bitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but come hang out with us there. If you have friends that love Disney as much as you do, invite them to join Three Sheets Nation. But Mikey, if you're going to join Three Sheets Nation, what do you got to do? You got to answer the trifecta of questions, and they're terribly, terribly simple. I'm not going to bore you by telling you the questions right now, because then you can do homework. We want honest-to-God, real-life answers in the moment. So please answer the questions. That way we can approve you. We, don't, we, we, we know that it's not Skynet trying to join us. And if you are an android, you're, I mean, we want you in anyway, because, you know, you're like animatronic 3.0. Hey, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Lieutenant Data. So is C-Madge Namduke. I know. I didn't know he was a child. I'm a bigger fan of when he was in the uh, Master of Disguise as the villain. Or Independence Day. This Jungle Cruise has been fun. Love it. So, Adam, give me some closing remarks tonight. Well, the reservations have officially been made at this point. It's a little too late to join us for dinners, but there will be other meetups during our OSM November Ultimate Cheat Up meetup. And um, for those of you who got in, awesome. You're in at this point. It's a little too late. Hopefully, maybe if you're looking, somebody might cancel. But keep an eye on the page for the official meetup. And we will be posting some additional events where we'll be just be hanging around the park and what have you. And, and Adam, if they haven't been able to get to that, that, uh, that reservation, you know, stay tuned because, you know, we'll be in the well, all of us will be in the parks at the same time. You know what? Just come find us. Shake hands. Give us a high five. Who knows? Buy us a drink. No, that's three. We can throw <laughs> up some gang signs. There'll be there'll be plenty of time to find us there. But um, but, you know, we're getting close to, you know, we're on six months going out. Make sure if you want to join us, join us now because that those bookings fill up. Rooms are going to fill up. Make sure you get down there. We got everything we wanted, though, so yes. props to Tim and Adam for uh, sticking with that this 13 weekend. hours between the first reservation <laughs> and the last reservation. And if you if you could hear the cast member on the other end of the phone, because we actually had to call the two big ones in, because you can't do that many on online. And when we told them how many people, you could hear the audible gasp. They're like, what? She goes, did you say 32? Are you a cult? I'm like, yep. She's like, the the one for... Um, um, Beer, Garden. Beer Garden. Beer Garden was like, oh, that sounds like it's going to be a fun day. <laughs> <laughs> what is Beer Garden's capacity? I don't know. Do we, do, are we, do we have like a quarter of it? We'll probably yeah we probably have at least half of the bottom level because that's where the I big wanna, tables I are. I want to say it's probably 180 is their capacity. Well, I'm and that's the Whispering Canyon actually broke down to three separate reservations, <laughs> and Beer Garden and Beer Garden was only two. Beer Garden's pretty big, but man, 30 people is going to make uh, you know October and music content is going to have their work cut out for them. And one of us needs to be the Burgermeister. Yes. Uh, Tim, give me some closing remarks. Well, this is going to be the last show we'll be on for a week or two, because we're going to Disney next week. We won't be here. 
in our meetups on Tuesday. Yep. Next Tuesday. Yes. Next or Tuesday. this Tuesday. This. Well, when this drops, it'll be this coming Tuesday. It'll be this so, Tuesday. So where can they find you guys at Disney World that day? In Disney May, Springs. May 15th. In Disney Springs. At? At about 7.30 at Jock's Lindsay's Hangar Bar. If you find it... If you find the crystal skull there, maybe, maybe make sure you polish it. Yeah, polish it <laughs> off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> make sure you polish it. Make sure you shine it. You know. We may not stay there because hopefully Wine Bar and George will be open, and they do have the Bourbon Trail now. So we might not stay at Jock Lindsay's, but yeah, we if we might be doing. We might be trying to do the Three Sheets Bourbon Trail that night. So take plenty of pictures. Oh, we, there will be plenty of pictures. Oh, there will be plenty of pictures. Some of them might not be able to be posted, but there will be pictures. Yeah, m- m- make a good, solid album. Yes. yes. Make a nice, big album oh, of the I, Bourbon I, yeah. Trail. I, I know how to post pictures in groups and not one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Adam says, not me. Mikey, give me your closure remarks tonight. All right, I got two for you. First Ooh. off, I want to say that we talked about the uh, Jungle Cruise, which means we talked about the Jingle Cruise, and maybe you do and maybe you don't know that the Magical Meltdown has a Jingle Cruise ugly quiz... Quizmas? Quiz- Quizmas? It's Quizmas! Can I have some more? Do they know it's Quizmas time at all? Whoa! Man. Whoa. I'm all fudding it up over here. Uh, and... Ugly Christmas sweater themed shirt that you can purchase over at themagicalmeltdown.com through the T Public portal. Uh, was really popular last year. Was real popular last year. Hopefully, it's popular again this year. You can never buy one too early if you like Christmas in July. And secondly, this is kind of a promotion of a different podcast. Um, but if you like the Jungle Cruise a little bit, there is a really cool podcast you can listen to called Tales from the Jungle Cruise. And it's uh, Jungle Cruise, spelled C-R-E-W-S. A guy has former and sometimes current cast members, skippers, of the Jungle Cruise. And they come on and they talk about their experiences, what goes on, and stuff like that. But most notably, he actually had a skipper that was there for opening day in Disneyland. Ooh, nice. As a guest. And I'd be lying if I told you what episode it was, because I can't pull that much shit out of my ass like Scott here. But it's uh, it's worth checking out, um, and you can find it probably where most podcasts are sold. And that's all I got. <laughs> so, oh boy. There's also a, um, a stand-up comedy routine down in Orlando that is former and current skippers. I don't know where they're performing, but it's somewhere in downtown Orlando. You know what? It's a fun ride. I enjoy it. The jokes are... They're corny. But uh, you know what? They make they make Tim laugh with his dad joke of the week, mm-hmm. or dad joke of the day. No, I haven't done them in a while. I have to go back. To no. This. But uh, I want to thank you guys all for joining us on on this episode of Three Sheets of Mouse. So from all of us here at Three Sheets of Mouse, thank you for making our show part of your Disney life. Thank you for your time, this time, and until next time. So long, for just a while. Congratulations to our dockside crew who won their first cricket match of the season. 
We understand it was an overwhelming victory. A what? A forfeit. And next week, when the opposing team shows up, I'm sure they'll do just as well. <laughs>